Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Folks, welcome to another episode of Ask Eliza Anything. Look, I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, how do you start a show? I mean, I'm not, this is not a news show. And while I do represent the millennial generation, you know, this is not, this isn't a news show, but I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the mass shooting in Allen, Texas yesterday. Nine people dead. And um, by the time we hear this, there will probably have been another one. And I am kind of disgusted how many episodes I start by acknowledging something like that. So just know it looms heavy in my mind. And uh, this is a podcast for people who have questions. And, you know, life can be absolutely horrible at every turn, regardless of people completely ignoring a very fixable problem. Um, but what this, the beauty of this podcast of Ask Eliza Anything is you get to listen to other people's problems. You get to really get granular about small things. And there's a beauty in that because we all find the same things irritating. And I am here as your best friend, cool older sister that moved out when you were really young, but like now we're forging a relationship because you're in your 20s and I'm in my 30s. So let's get into it. We decided to do a live. So, you know, uh, got a peanut gallery. If you want to chime in, you can. What we're going to say. We're going to just do it. Okay. FYI, I just started pouring rain here so I could go out. At I can any hear moment. it. I can hear it. it. Maybe this was a bit. I was just trying to bring some value to this podcast. I put on a full face of makeup and did a ring light. I even wore this like new tank top I got from Free People Movement because it makes me feel like I work at a beachy ice cream stand. I feel like I'm channeling Brittany when she got her hair cut short. Remember that blunt cut? You definitely remember it. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. So I was just really feeling good about that. And I'm excited about my top and my bottom of the cob. Oh, I'm excited to do okay. to do today's episode. We got a lot of fun announcements. Um, and, and we're ready to go. So do we have any updates this week? We do. I was wondering if you wanted to get into updates because some of the people here might be new. But yeah, you know what? We can do it. Oh. Well, we can explain them because you never know when people are going to listen. But, you know, when people write into the show, we always ask them to 
we give the advice, but sometimes if we need more info or it's really fascinating, we'll be like, give us that hot update. And then we're like the parents. We're like empty nesters. We're like, I wonder if they'll ever call again. And Emily, Scott's going to let us know it's a red hot update here. Red hot update. Okay, okay, wait. It's not, it's, and it's not an update from the person. It's a follow-up from someone else that's helpful. So it's, it's, it's an update to the question. Okay. Okay. So we had someone write in talking about wanting a raise, that they're a graphic designer and that their salary, remember, it was like 45000 or something and that they were trying to figure out how to get a higher salary, why they weren't being valued, et cetera. So someone wrote in yeah. about that. Hi, Liza, Emily, and the whole gang. I just listened to the episode Anyway, Mommy, and heard the question where the senior designer wanted to ask for a raise. I am a senior designer living in Indianapolis, Indiana. I've seen you twice here and love your live shows, Eliza. I'm not sure what city or town the question asker lived in. The South, but in the South, but India has a What's happening? low cost of living. I work for a large tech company and currently make 98K. I have six years of experience and I'm 27 years old. My company pays well, but I want this asker to know that she is being grossly underpaid. I would say at a minimum. For a teacher, you're being grossly underpaid. Like $45,000, that's like an entry-level receptionist in an office that no one goes to. I don't remember if that's the exact amount, but it was somewhere in there. So this person says, I would say at a minimum, she should be making 80 to 100K depending on her years of experience and the cost of living in her area. Women should not be underpaid for their work. I think this person should ask for a raise or quit and potentially find a remote job if she can't find well-paying work in her area. Sincerely, fellow female designer. No, women shouldn't be underpaid for their work. We should be underpaid because we have children. (laughs) I'm just, uh, that's awful. So we said that. We're like, you're not making enough anyway. And anyone telling you that you should settle for that is gaslighting you. So low-key shout out to the person who just wrote in, like flexing, like, just so you know, I make $100,000. Just helping you out, sister. But yeah, you should be making more. You get into that line of work, not for your passion of drawing circles, but because people need people like you to draw graphics for shows like our show. Well, and if you can't, if you can't ask the other people you're working with what they make because you're either worried about getting in trouble or them saying something like, it's so nice that someone else has written in and told you info. Like that's how you get info. So I really appreciate that. Also, some people are saying in this chat that it's like illegal to ask your workers not to discuss what to discuss their salaries yeah that does feel illegal like and by the way be cool don't mention that we pay you in sloppy joes (laughs) right be cool about it it's never enforceable even if you sign something saying you won't talk to your coworkers by yourself i mean if you're at an at-will employment they can fire you for that just like they can fire you for anything else but they can't like legally say no it's a secret yeah i feel like anything that makes you feel uncomfortable is usually just a boss being like just keep it between us that i grabbed you in the bathroom. Like, this is cool, right? No. You know who's really good at that, as annoying as they are, is Gen Z. They're like, uh, you can't do that. I'm not doing more work. You have to pay me. But then Hollywood's like, yeah, but you got to go get my coffee and you might be a little late. Sometimes there's like a good work ethic and then there's exploitation. And it's a, a very blurry line. But now it's time for the next question. For, the, for a question, not an update. Unless you have another update. Nope. Hi, all. I've been dating my BF for two years. For context, he is 41 and has two kids, and I am 33, never married, no kids. One of my biggest challenges is his mother. She's nice enough for the most part, but if her and I are alone and chatting, she will say some of the strangest things. She'll try and bring up his ex, sometimes shit-talking, and while I want to engage, I deflect. 
The worst was recently when she asked me if I wanted kids. I said, yeah, I think so. I'm not in a hurry though. My boyfriend and I have discussed. And she went on and on about how my boyfriend probably doesn't and why would he want to start all over again and so on. She also mentioned that my BF's 11-year-old told her he does not want any siblings, something about territory, she said. I deflect with humor such as, ah, well, he shouldn't go after much younger women or in regards to the kid not wanting siblings, I don't think he gets a say in that and just laugh, even though it hurts my feelings a little bit. I didn't bring it up to my boyfriend because his mom has a habit of making things up, especially things the kids say. When I have brought these to him and we find out she's made things up, he just shrugs it off saying he won't keep her grandkids from her. From a third-party perspective, how big of a red flag is this lady? She lives an hour away and we see her maybe once a month when she will stay for eight hours. Also, any other snappy comebacks for her baiting remarks would be great. Thanks for making great content anonymous. You need to decide what you want from this relationship that I'm not sure why you're with this guy. Let's say he's incredible. You're 30. He's 41. 33. He's 41 and he has two kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're getting this guy like at a discount uh, and he's probably lucky to have you. Let's say this is the guy for you. Okay. And you love him and you see this is the what you want. You need to decide, do you want kids? Even in this conversation, you're not saying that you want kids. You're like, I still have time. Like you do and you don't. But because you're not putting that out there, this mom is trying to figure out like, hey, what do you want? Like you're 33. It's a normal conversation to have. What the little 11-year-old wants is irrelevant. Kids get siblings whether they want them or not. Who cares? Um, she's, she's uncomfortable with you because she's like, what are you doing here? You're not saying I want kids. You're not saying I definitely don't want kids. And while it's none of her business, I think you need to figure out what you want. Doesn't that sound like it? I can't even glean it from this. I think you might want kids and that's a scary thing to ask for because your husband or your boyfriend is probably like, hey, I'm good. I kind of already did it. But if you do, this may not be the guy for you. But that's also this thing where young girls date older guys and they're like, no, I'm good. I don't want, like, I'll be cool about it. And it's like, ooh, I actually do. What do I do now? I think you need to decide what you like regardless of the mom. And then like get that straight with him and then just move forward in that direction. Because if you don't want kids, who cares? Great. What is she talking about? Electric underscore Blarney pointed out something interesting, which was, I wonder if the the mother is doing the uh, the boyfriend's dirty work, the husband's dirty 100%. work. 100%. I also am like so anti the like, I have to have weird combos with the mom, but the man is like too busy for it. Okay. So figure out what you want. Talk to your boy boyfriend or husband. I've already moved on. Doesn't matter. Boyfriend. Regardless, boyfriend. And uh, I'm sorry, I just, you know, when you get to a certain age, you do have to date. I am so excited about how my makeup looks right now. (laughs) Um, Shout out to Jones Road Foundation. When you get to a certain age, you have to negotiate. You know, if you're a 38-year-old woman, like chances are a lot of the men that you might like already have kids. Like we start to get divorces in our late 30s. But you're 33, Speaking of someone who got married a little bit older, like you don't have to settle for that. But if this is the guy and this is the thing, you decide what you want. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet. Well, introducing Newly. 
Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus, the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable. And it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and AIA crew, longtime listener, first-time question asker, I, 30 female, have a question regarding, shockingly, a friend who is a bride-to-be, LOL. For context, (laughs) my childhood best friend, 29 female, has just gotten engaged to a not-so-great person, 29 male. When I say not-so-great, he has made plenty of racist and misogynistic remarks and likes to chalk these up to just jokes, especially as a POC, I find these comments to be completely not okay in any shape or form. 
My friend is very aware about how I greatly dislike her husband to be so much so that she does not dare to bring him around, I or my husband, without asking. Unfortunately, my friend has a long history of dating and falling for deadbeats. The trend has been going on for so long, it's become a running joke between our friend group and her family. The question, how do I politely decline being part of her bridal party? For some time, we knew a proposal was coming, and I've told her several times that I would really appreciate not being a bridesmaid, especially if the marriage is to Mr. Deadbeat. Every time I told her, I get the answer of fat chance, especially since she was my maid of honor. Is there any way to get out of this without hurting feelings or even sacrificing a friendship? Please mm. help. P.S. No. Sully in Salt Lake City, you were amazing. Hope to see you on your tour. Sincerely She's like, anonymous. signed the only POC in Salt Lake City. Uh, listen to me. This is a reoccurring thing slash theme with women where the girl has the husband who was like there at January 6th. The girl has the boyfriend <laughs> that like says really shitty things. And it's like, well, he's sweet enough to me. You are complicit. You don't need to like be doing the work and calling him out, but you are complicit. Actually, you do need to do the work. You are complicit in the furthering of this type of thinking if you're the girlfriend that's just like, well, as long as I have a man that loves me, this speaks volumes about your friend and the caliber of her personality. Look, she wants to marry a turd and you just think he's lame. That's one thing. But if he is consistently making these jokes, and by the way, like you can tell, like you could tell a bigoted joke and maybe once in a while it's funny, but the truth of it, if it were funny, it would be funny. If it were funny, it'd be funny. And he does it enough with complete lack of regard for your feelings. So if he respected her and her friends, he would stop doing that, okay? He would stop doing anything if, if the girl, if the fiance was like, hey, this really makes her uncomfortable, but he doesn't because he doesn't care about her, respect her, and he sure shit doesn't respect you. This is not your friend anymore. She has been body snatched. She's not going to call it off because girls think that once they, a lot of women think once they found a man, like this has to be it because we're brainwashed into thinking like, oh my God, this is going to be it for me. So she will slowly start to be brainwashed by him more and more. You will start to agree with her less and less. She will start to have less and less of a voice or her voice will become awful and super magnified. So you have to have that direct conversation with her. I love you. He makes me really uncomfortable. He doesn't respect me. And she'll be like, no, he does. They're just jokes. You're like, if they were just jokes, then we would all be laughing you may not even be able to attend the wedding and you might lose your friend over this, but is this the friendship you want? Like, do you want to have to with your, did she say she had a boyfriend? It doesn't matter. With whoever you're dating, husband. like, do you want a con, husband, excuse me. Do you want to always have these conversations like, oh, do we invite over like Luann and Cletus? Well, he kept saying all those Mexican jokes. Oh, he's a liability around your friends. We don't want to go through life as we get older, nervous about the people we're going to invite over. And you don't want to have to explain, you don't want to have to stand up for this person, explain him away. Like you don't want to be responsible for an adult. He has made his decisions and that's that. It's not going to stop. He's not going to like have become open-minded. He's not going to like have an awakening. So that's it. Yeah, the... I wonder every time she's kind of tried to, she's tried to soften the blow by repeatedly saying, don't make me in your bridal party, please. I wonder if it was like, I don't want to be your bridal party, haha. Ha. And now she's going to have she, to finally say, I'm not doing it. You need to literally call her or take her to coffee or something and be like, here's how it affects me. Your friend is probably a white 
Christian woman. So like zero boxes to tick on like the minority report of it all. So it's difficult to put your, it's difficult as a person who is not of color to even begin to put yourself in those shoes. Lucky for me, I'm Jewish. So I can like kind of imagine what hatred feels like, but it is really difficult. So you can't expect her to fully empathize with that because she has no frame of reference. That's not her fault. What is her fault is that she isn't respecting you enough. Like it's bad enough she's marrying him. She could at least be like, yeah, he's a dick. I'm sorry. If you could just be there at the wedding. So be done. That's going to be a shitty marriage that you don't, these people don't share the same values as you and they're not respecting you and you don't need to go eat your choice of chicken or fish in a catering hall. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jen you teacher, find, you're in Utah. You can find someone else to go to a Sodi shop with. Jen teacher 611 says you can be friends after the divorce, which I think is about how that's going to play out for your friendship. She's going to come crawling back and she's going to be like, he kept trying to make me put this hood over my head and I was suffocating. Right. That he's saying these horrible things and she's just like, oh. Uh, it's It also, sucks. it's all tied together. Like you're not respecting your wife. And you know, by the way, the fact that the wife isn't like, Kurt, like, why are you saying this? She's just like, well, he said he would marry me and I'm over 25. So I'm a bad, I'm a rotten egg. I'm a bad apple. Anyway, so that's it. Can, can I tell you something? I had some <laughs> friends growing up who... Like the lens with which we look at race through has shifted so much in this country and we're all so much conversations, largely due to the internet, are so much more prevalent. But I definitely have friends that were just kind of like good old boys and they're the kind of people that would say like snowflake or whatever. And like when I didn't have to talk to them anymore, like I just stopped. And like, lo and behold, one of them like is now like a high raw vegan and into music and you're just like, fuck you, you bigoted fucking piece of shit. So leave him in the dust. Leave him in the dust and give me that next question. Yeah. Hi, Eliza and Emily. Long-term fan of the pod. I love you both. My best friend of five plus years muted me on Instagram four months ago. I asked her about it after she hadn't interacted with the post in a few months. And she said my posts were too distracting and making her spend too much time on Instagram, hence the mute. Yeah. I see her interacting regularly with mutual friends posts, though. I'm picking up on some serious shade from her as I'm the only person she's muted. I really want to remove her as a follower from my account and feel like this would be beneficial to my mental health as at this point, it's really taking up too much headspace. Would that be petty of me? She's still a good friend in person, just ignoring me online. Okay. A tone moment eight says some people need to be muted. It's just true. I have a lot of people. I think they're talking about people in this chat. Some people in general need to be muted. Um, I have people that I really like and I just mute them. Whether it makes you feel insecure or you don't like their political views or it's just too much of their cat or it's bad content. Like not everybody is good at posting. And what happens is we get into these Instagram spirals. I'm certainly guilty of this. We're like, all of a sudden it's 30 minutes later and you're like, what was I looking at? And- I mute people all the time if it's like, wow, I've watched your kid grow up and I haven't even seen you in five years. Emily, stop showing me the cat. Well, you were talking about people, how people's cats are really annoying. So I thought it was a fun. I know, but it's, it's, it's distracting. <laughs> so first of all, she shouldn't call, you shouldn't have called her out for the muting. Like that's her personal thing. And like the internet hasn't been around long enough for us to have like, concrete rules about etiquette. Like it's her right to mute you or unfollow you. You shouldn't have checked on it. And the fact that she 
that you posted something hoping she would interact with it and you notice months later she didn't really says more, some, there's something about you there. Like you needed that validation from her and now you want to remove her because you want to top the hurt. Like she muted you, you're like, fine, I'll remove you. But it doesn't really, it shouldn't matter whether you remove her or not. And so I don't think you have the right to ask about the muting. However, if you really want to get to the bottom of this, you can be like, hey, I'm just wondering, is it like, just ask her, like, maybe it's a political thing. Maybe she doesn't care about your personal life. Maybe she doesn't care about your kids or your animals. You know, you never know. You never know what someone else is dealing with. But I think if you remove her, like that's kind of the end of your friendship. So maybe you could just be like, can we get the salad on the table? This unfortunately is the question asker's problem. Like the the other person in the situation was bothered by something in some way and handled yes. it in the most mature way they could. And our question asker is upset about it. And I would be too, but that's like the, the other person shouldn't have to change for you. Like you just have to deal with it. It sucks. Yeah, I. What is the val? Why is this validation from this person so important? You know, is it like it was your birthday and she like never interacted with it? So, they, she muted you. She did the kindest thing. You need to figure out a way to move on, and you can still be friends in real life. Like I have plenty of friends that are terrible online, like terrible with their content or never check their Instagram. It is there to distract us from real life. So if you have fun with her in real life, like maybe you're just not great Instagram friends. I have plenty of friends who I've muted and I don't know if they know it and I don't know if they have the balls to ask me, but they can mute me right back. It's just a part of life. You can't talk about it. You shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> shouldn't have said it. Hi, Eliza. I found a seemingly great guy, but I keep getting sick whenever I'm with him. Anything from RSV to strep to UTIs to He's other poisoning illnesses. You. He's poisoning you. Do He's slowly you? poisoning you through your McNuggets. He's poisoning <laughs> you. We had a question like this. Do you think I should just break up with him or is there a way around this? Thanks. Are you like only meeting in a Petri dish in like a rusty car yard? What do you mean you keep getting sick? Like, what does that mean? So they've gotten RSV, strep, UTIs, like this is just a sickly person. <laughs> no, he's dirty. Well, like that guy needs to wash his junk wash and his like hands. use some Listerine. Yeah, he's not, you're getting naked with this person and he's just dirty. Like, does he smell? Like, does he have like either that or like bring him a shot of tequila with a shot of penicillin in it and be like, <laughs> you are typhoid Mary. <laughs> Someone asked, does he work in medicine? You shouldn't be getting, I mean, UTIs are like normal, but it seems like you're getting things from like transferring fluids and like hooking up. Yeah, your body's rejecting him. This guy, there's something, or this guy is awful and your body knows it like on a cellular level. Uh, I also, again, girls, like what is this? Like, well, I found one where I can rest my puss and this is the one for me. Like just dating. So people have him take a shower. See if you get sick after that. The My mother said, strep. is he not circumcised? Mom, I need you to not be the only one asking a penis question on in the chat, okay? And you can be circumcised or not circumcised and still be gross. Let's move on. Please, move Eliza, on. can you help me? I am a brilliant comic who feels like she's being blacklisted from finding work and cyberstalked by a group of unknown individuals trying to ruin her life. Please, I really need help. Can you help me? Nico, a friend in LA who is also in this Instagram right now. Um, you, brilliant so comic. So you are saying blacklisted. You're the brilliant comic. 
You've been blacklisted. Did you do something? I mean, people don't tend to get blacklisted. First of all, there is no list. Like, is this like at alt bars? People don't tend to get blacklisted unless you did something like blatantly go out of your way to steal material or did you sexually assault someone? Let's say you're a very good comic and people are jealous. I actually don't buy that. I'm sorry. Because cream rises to the top and there are enough people out there who would be supporting you, giving you spots. So is there a way you could tell us what you did in like a concise way to get blacklisted? Right. I guess it's nobody tells you you're blacklisted. You make that assumption just like you make the assumption that someone has muted you and then you ask them and they say, yes, I have muted you. I mean, by the way, like I'm blacklisted. Like there are plenty of comics who are jealous or just straight up don't like you. So they won't book you at the show at your shows. But listen, Nico, I don't know if you're a boy or a girl. Could be a boy. Um... This is an excuse you hear a lot with comics where it's like, oh, I'm not getting spots because of X, Y, Z. There are a lot of reasons people don't book other people, but there are so many shows out there. And at the end of the day, like hard work and writing more is what wins. I'm not going to say the name of the show, but there was a very big show for a very long time in LA and the booker, like she just would not book me. And I asked over like, a few years. And it was always like, oh, I'm sorry, we're booked. And it was just like, oh, she was just a giant B. But rather than make that be like my end all be all, I just like went and did spots elsewhere. There are, this is a massive city. We have like, why can I never remember? We have like 16 million people in the city. Like you can find like, oh, you can't get booked in Thai town. Go to West Hollywood. You can't get booked in West Hollywood. Go to South. Like there are open mics and, and venues everywhere. So if that is what's stopping you, then maybe you shouldn't be in this business. But I would like to know why you've been blacklisted. And it can't be because you're too good. Everybody wants good comics. Are you an asshole? Could be that. No such thing. There's no such thing as the comedy mafia. I would know. I'm serious. I get so tired of this. Like, I know I sound like old guard, like get in there and tough it out and do the work. But like, write more, go up more if you are going to let other people not liking you or being jealous or any of that deter you, then like show business is not for you. Go find the people that like you and get up on those, get up on those lineups. But can, uh, can you tell Emily what you did to get blacklisted or why you think that? And don't say it's cause I'm so hot. Nico. Summer, the best time of year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Dear Eliza, Emily, and everyone that makes the podcast possible, I have been listening since the very beginning and I finally have something to ask. I've taken your advice before and asked myself, WWID, what would Eliza do all the time? My question, 
My boyfriend and I have been desperately trying to buy a house in our largish city in the Midwest. We've made six offers and finally had one accepted. We thought things would be smooth sailing from there, but after getting the inspection, we found out there were some very expensive and urgent repairs that needed to be made. We ended up backing out of the contract after the seller wouldn't work with us to get a few key things in better condition. And now we're back to square one, looking at properties all the time, but I've gotten so discouraged and borderline obsessed with finding a place. I have two questions. How do I get a decent house in a decent place for a reasonable, recognizing this is subjective due to the area you live in price? How do I calm the hell down and not be driven crazy by checking the MLS listings a million times a day and feeling like I missed a golden opportunity by not buying something sooner? Please help me with my real estate woes. The world is crazy. Thank you so much, Meredith. 30, female. I mean, I'm not a realtor. I'm not like a housing market expert, but Emily can tell you because she bought a house. I think you can speak to the, the piece of it that is not worrying about the missing out because literally, I mean, when I was buying a house, houses were being taken off the market. People were buying it day it went up. Um, yeah. The house I got, it had been shown for one weekend when I when I moved into my, what people are saying looks like a doomsday preppers cabin. Um, and it's just, it's like an attic loft space that I've put foam in. But the piece that you can speak to is you can't keep checking it. Like you check it once a week, check it once a day. Check, some are going to slip through the cracks. Some are going to look perfect and you're not going to get them and someone else is going to get there first. Some look, are going to bid a thousand dollars less than someone yeah. else. It's some of those houses probably aren't even real or a bank in China like already owns it. Listen, it's normal to check that. I almost said Zell to check those listings. Like I have a house and I'm always looking at them. It's fun. It's great to know what's out there. Um, I think there's also like, you should make a list of the things that are non-negotiable, cannot live without. Like I need to have a water slide indoors. There has to be a back door for the raccoon and there has to be at least half a roof. Those are the non-negotiables. And then as you start to look, it might be within your price point. Okay, you can't have that third bidet or something. But I think the more you go through this, the more you'll see what you can and can't live without. But don't give up on the things that you need because you don't want to buy a house that you like kind of hate. And it is crazy and it's probably going to get worse. There's also finding areas. The more I drive through LA, the more I'm like, oh my God, there are like full communities of like normal neighborhoods that no one talks about because they're not like Los Feliz. Like get some creativity go a little bit farther out. Also, always look and see like where a cute coffee shop has gone up. Because with that follows other nice things. Like people who do commercial real estate, like try not to fuck around. So there's that, but sit tight. It's a bummer. It's difficult. Maybe you could rent and then maybe like, maybe you meet the owner and, they're, and they'll let you, they'll sell it to you or something. I don't know where you live, so it's really hard to say, but the good news is you're not alone. Bad news is everyone else is also looking for that house because you're not alone. Yeah. And get a friend who's a realtor so they can let you know about stuff before. The house that I'm in now, I knew about before anyone, before it was on the market. And I like literally wrote my offer on a like post note and sent it in. I was like, is this going to work? And then they said there was another person buying it. And so I overbid. And I think now that they were lying. Well, and I think like a group of like, tech bros started a business in your old house. It was like, yeah, it was like a Bitcoin guy. Yeah. Uh, or just sit tight, keep saving your money and just wait for the market to level out. I know you want a home. I get that. But you don't want to overpay and you don't want to be uh, like paying through the nose for the rest of your life for a house that like a year later would have been cheaper. And get some realtor friends. They're usually yeah. very good looking. Kick it. Okay. 
And I, so there is a guy who's been interested in me for the last 13 years, and I am a horrible person and strung him along all that time. I am now showing interest back, and we've been on one date, and he came over at a different time to meet my toddler. Problem is, I didn't necessarily plan to sleep with him immediately, but then we did the first time. Now it feels like an expectation. I said that to him and said, I want to focus on building an emotional relationship. He says that he feels that it feels like a step backward from where we're at. Help. Do I just squash my feelings and let whatever happens happens? Or do no, I stay on my no. ground and make him wait a little for more of the physical stuff? I just feel like every time the physical takes precedence, it all falls apart. Yes, I'm 30. He's 32 and we're both very much working professionals. What should I do? Thanks. And then just First of all, an extra bit. What? Come on. Extra bit. For clarification. The part that feels like an obligation is he is very verbally sexual, like in texting and talking. He's very open, which I am not. I'm a little more of a prude, LOL. I'm worried if I don't reciprocate or respond to the text that I'll lose interest, but so awkward and uncomfy. I never know what to say back. Okay, first of all, what the fuck is going on? 13 years. So you're like, I want to get to know you. And this guy's like, I already got to know you. (laughs) Like, I've already had these conversations with you. Like, I'm already at a 10. What happened here is you... It sounds like you convinced yourself you like this guy. You have a kid, so that makes it harder to date. This guy has always liked you and he's been fantasizing about you and he finally got you and maybe he loves you. Maybe he's a sweet guy, but I don't know that you're into him. And the fact that he isn't saying like, absolutely, like, oh yeah, we slept together. That was great. But let's take it at your pace is a huge red flag, okay? It's so weird. Like you slept with them, people make mistakes, whatever. Plenty of people sleep together and they're like, hey, and by the way, you're not saying let's take it easy. Like let's go back to only texting, but you're like, let's go out. Like let's get to know each other as people who are going to be intimate, not just friends. The fact that he is not into this and the fact that he's sexual, like over text and conversation and you're not is fine, but you're not there yet. So you don't want to be like, yeah, bang me on a porta potty. I'd love it. It's not hot for you. And this is a typical thing that happens with men and women. Like he's thinking you're into it and you're not giving him enough. You're not putting up enough of a wall. You're just like, okay, I guess you don't want this and you don't want to have sex with this person again, unless you loved it. And you're like, now I'm nervous, but it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like you're not all the way there. You're mentally not as attracted to him and he's super physically attracted to you and that is taking precedence and it shouldn't. That's it. Yeah. Hard stop. If he can't, it'd be like, if you're not, you waited 13 years. If you can't wait a few more weeks for me to like get into this, this guy is bothering me. That's a, that's creepy. Yeah. He's like too excited. And what happened that 13 years in you change your minds? It sounds like maybe you were like, oh, you know what? Fine. Which is not that's the right. beginning of a beautiful what happened is relationship. You had a toddler. You think your stock dropped. Maybe it has. I don't know. And this guy's always been a great friend. I mean, in Good on Paper, the movie that I wrote, like I was friends with that guy for a year. And he was always, and by the way, the stringing him along thing, it takes two to tango. He could have walked away at any time. They're stringing along and they're stringing along. I was super honest. I was like, I'm not attracted to you. I am dating other people, but I like you as a person. And he always volunteered to hang out. That ain't on me. Society will make it like, oh, that's a cold hearted thing. Nope. If you're saying to this guy, like, I don't know if I like you, maybe one day, but it doesn't sound like you were. And he, women can, unfortunately, I always say this, we can become attracted to a personality. Men can't. So this guy's always been physically attracted to you and he was kind enough to you and there for you. And now you, like someone is saying in this chat, wore you down. And that could be fine if everything else was great, but he wore you down and you got involved and now you're like, oh, turns out 
the reason I was never into you is because of these underlying factors. That's it. You have to put it to him and be like, I am not down with this. You can either wait and we can figure this out or we're done. But he's telling you, he's showing you who he is. You're not attracted to him. That's it. That's it. It's like I'm watching The Office now for the fourth time this year. And it's when uh, Aaron, the receptionist, is dating Gabe. And she's like, I really don't like it when you touch me. I'm repulsed by you. <laughs> he's like, no, we, we're meant to be. She's like, I really, you really make me upset. <laughs> That's it. Well, that's that's a perfect segue for our next question. Hey, pod crew, was tempted to say posse, y'all folks, et cetera, but settled on this. I too am comforted by watching episodes of The Office at night before bed. Oh, so good. I smile every time you mention this. This show never gets old. I'm 35 and remember watching it live in the early 2000s. My question is very important. What is your favorite episode and why? If you can't bring yourself to pick one, I'll allow a top three. You guys are also wonderful. Please keep on doing you and sharing your light. Much love, Jazz. Uh, the greatest episode of television ever written is when they, Pam and Jim and Dwight and his like babysitter go to the dinner party at Michael and Jan's house. Yeah. And she throws his Dundee award at his like two inch plasma screen TV. Yeah. And she like plays the CD of Hunter who like she definitely slept with. Watch that episode. I think it's called the dinner party. I don't know if they wrote it. I don't know if they improvised it. You like find out that she like makes candles and they're really awful. So, and you see like, how horrible his living conditions are. It's one of the best episodes. Yeah. All of them are good. And and even when Michael leaves, they're still good, but it's missing Steve Carell, who's brilliant. Back to the hard-hitting questions. Hi, from Ireland. I'm so excited to see you for the first time later this year. My question, I'm 27, and for the last five years, I've been in and out of hospital dealing with mental health issues. I've lost almost all of my friends, which is completely fair for them because I've just been too in my own world to keep in touch with people. I used to be really sociable, but now it's like I forget how to be a normal person and hold a conversation. You're both so chatty. You can read the most boring questions and still make the pod interesting and funny. <laughs> Here's my question. Thank you. Do you have Fuck any- you guys. <laughs> do you have any tips for making new connections or any go-tos for when a conversation goes dead? I'm planning to volunteer for a while before working full-time, so I know I'll meet people, but I'm so self-conscious of my personality after being sick for so long. Love you both. Thanks for the laughs. Look. I think it's always, no one ever talks about like, sometimes you just need time for yourself and it sucks that you lost your friends, but turns out those weren't your friends anyway. Now, again, we are giving you the benefit of the doubt and assuming you're like a good person. You will make new friends. Oh, Chris says, I'm in Ireland. Contact me. Sure. It's a small country. You should be able to find Chris. Um, somebody just said active listening is huge. I don't know what your personality is like, but people like to talk. So when you meet someone, ask them a question, like get to know them you know, don't blurt out your whole mental health history because even though it's valid, that might feel performative and nobody wants to be friends with your issues. They want to be friends with you and then they can be friends with you because of your, uh, in spite of your issues. Um, but also like give yourself some grace. Like I'm assuming you're a cool person because you listen to this podcast. So go into it saying people like me, they want to be friends with me. And just know that it's hard to make friends as an adult, but don't take it personally. And it comes. You're a good person. Put that intention out there. Smiling helps. Just being, I always say like, pretend you're running for office. Hi, how are you? Like, you guys having a good day? People are attracted to that. But if you are too tender and wounded and quiet, that's okay too. I think that's cool. Like you just show up to volunteer. Like, who's that person? Well, and for dead, for like when, when things just go dead, when a conversation just is uncomfortable, I feel like if, if 
if you've read something weird in the news lately, like when, when not something bad and upsetting, but like somebody opened their cereal and there was a live mouse inside and now they own the mouse and the mouse and the frog kiss each other. Like that's a fun, did you hear about such and such? Like you just have a couple, a couple go-to bits. Did she say the conversation? I was, it's really hard to do this live because I was looking at my lip gloss. Did she say that she has weird conversations? She was just asking for like, you know, what to do. Like what when a conversation goes dead was one of the pieces. Like if you're talking to somebody, you know, how do you meet people? And then when you're talking to them, if it just dies. Like- but also wait, it's okay. Like it's not, it's okay to have a lull in a conversation. What's more important is, are you still comfortable with that person when the conversation is dead? That, that's like a real reflection of like a vibration. But if you, and it's also not on you. Like that person might be like, oh my God, what do I say? Like, she's not going to want to talk to me anymore. Also dumb, like poll taking questions. Like it's a hot dog, a sandwich. Favorite flavor of ice cream. If you could only say one word forever, what would it be? Just like gibberish. I always like stuff like that because any stupid question I ask Noah, like he always has an answer. So that's a great way to gauge like, is that person as weird as you? Uh Like, for $100,000, you have to change your name to Bonfiglio and you have to say it with a big smile every time you meet someone. Would you do it? And if they're like, what are you talking about? That's not your friend. Uh, we have a we have a follow-up from already the person who decided to go out with a guy after 13 years. He lent me like thousands. That may have played a factor in my decision to settle. All right, I'll end it. Thanks, ladies. He what? Oh, he lent you thousands of dollars? Okay, you need to immediately come up with a plan to pay him back. Sex isn't going to work. This is a horrible relationship. Be like, I got to put a stop to this. You got me in a vulnerable place. Here's how I'm going to pay you back or not. And then just change your number. But you don't want this. You're asking asking me, now that I'm a full-fledged prostitute, how do I become okay with it and make myself attracted to him? You can't. This is a slippery slope. Pay him back and be done. Get yourself respect back get it wired to his account so that, you know, you garnish your wages every month unless he is your only wage. Be done with it. Done. Ah. Hey, both. Squeeze that cat's head. Put that cat's mouth in your mouth. I'm do trying it. to keep Put that cat's from, head in your mouth. He just climbed up my legs I want to see I'm you do bleeding. it. I am bleeding profusely. <laughs> put your, put his head in your mouth. I'm not going to disrespect Rizzoli like that. I want to see it. That's not Rizzoli. That's Isles. So it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Hi, both. I'm quickly typing this as I don't want to miss too much of the live pod. So I've been with my partner for 10 plus years and we have one child together. We're not married, but calling him my boyfriend sounds a bit juvenile. Feel free to say something I'm a partner of a gross as you both out. I'm okay I don't, with partner. I partnered, partner is like some, I have to say this. I feel like people on the like queer spectrum say partner and then straight people were like, I'm going to say it too because they're like hoping maybe they'll think I'm gay. It's like, that's your boyfriend. Uh, I guess if you've been together forever and you don't want to say boyfriend, you could say partner, but it always does feel a little like, ask me what gender they are. Surprise, we're straight. I do. I feel that way a little bit too when people say, when when straight people say partner, I'm like, right. They're like, he's but- my partner and he comes in and like chaps with like a gun holster and a 10 gallon hat. <laughs> like, that's my partner. But I do understand right. why after that, like you wouldn't call, you wouldn't want to call somebody your boyfriend. I don't know. It's, it's not gross, but I get it. The problem is, I am yeah. not sexually attracted to him in the slightest. 
I love him dearly, but I don't see him in that way. And if I'm honest, I don't think I ever have. We got together as teens and he was the first guy that wasn't an utter prick. We're best friends, but that's just it. See? Friends. See? This is another thing. A girl's like, oh, a guy who's not awful. I guess this is it for me. I've accepted that this is a life I've chosen, but I'm struggling badly lately as I've met someone that I'm insanely sexually attracted to. His personality isn't amazing. I don't find him funny like I do my partner. But there's an intense attraction there that I've never felt before and it's driving me nuts. I've done all the things I'm supposed to. Not see the other guy. Don't put myself in a position where I'll do something I'll regret, etc. But I think about him all the time and I'm miserable. Help. Some context. You... Other guy likes me a lot I don't and has it. asked me to leave my partner numerous times. My partner doesn't make an effort anymore. He has let himself go, doesn't have a job, doesn't leave the house due to mental health reasons, but he's still very much attracted to me. Of course he is. Men are attracted to a bag of jelly stuffed between two couch cushions. Listen to me. Um, it's normal to be with someone and have it become like a friendship. What you need to do regardless of the guy that's into you is break up with this partner because this is dragging everything down. You deserve to be in a relationship where you are attracted to someone, where you respect them. Like every, the way that you're describing him, this sounds awful. And it doesn't matter like, oh, I'm leaving him at a low point. Men like this will find a way to always say like, oh, but I need this or I need that. He's not pulling his, he's not keeping up his end of the bargain. I'm sure this is something you guys have talked about. And even if it's all in your head, you're out. The fact that you're, even if you're fabricating it, the fact that you're listing it all out like this, you're out. This is not about dating the other guy. And what I would suggest you do is break it off with this guy, start fresh, give yourself some time to be single. And that could really just be a few weeks because you don't want to just go from this guy to the other guy simply because the other guy seems a little bit better. Even you said he doesn't have a great personality. So Break up with the person you're with. I always say this, no matter what kind of relationship you're going toward, break up with the person that you're with just so you can get to know yourself better and what you want. That way you won't be saying sentences like, well, he's attracted to me, but he's a bad personality. That's it. That's it. You should never be in a relationship where you're unhappy and the other person like isn't even making an effort, but you shouldn't be running for him to something else just because it's different. Yeah. You need to figure, you need to get to know you, <laughs> but you do. That's an awful, I mean, look, by the way, you want to sleep with someone who's super hot and they have a bad personality. Great. Like do that all day, every day. Just don't call it a relationship. But I don't know, girls, people that just like swing like Tarzan from one relationship to another, like you start to lose your own self-respect and you don't know what your values are. Just be single, just be single for a little bit and figure it out. Yeah. You know? Okay, we have a follow-up and a new question. And this follow-up was, I believe, from an episode with Noah because they're asking for your opinion this time too. So, okay. remember the girl with the roommate who doesn't pay her $20 Wi-Fi bills on time? Well, not much has changed. I had a successful time last month getting her to pay, but this month she is back on her bullshit with two full weeks, including a reminder text five days ago since I first requested and not sending her share. What are I Why supposed are you to do still to get her attention? with this person? I've contemplated interest or sticky notes on her door. Ha ha. Thoughts. Also, my apartment life has gone down the drain. For reference, we had week-long leaks that led to two different types of mold growing on our walls. The city has been notified and served my building owner with a violation. In a week, these people are going to reach out to us regarding re-signing. I want to hold off on this as long as possible to also give myself options due to wanting to move in with my boyfriend who's looking for a job while unemployed. 
I want him to secure a position before we take this step. And we have four months before our lease would start. How do I hold off on signing a new lease? Management gave us 10 days to notify them before they list the unit. I don't have funds to live alone. And other than the leaks, I love my apartment. Ready to move in with my boyfriend as well. Help. Change the Wi-Fi password. That's how you do it. Well, I think, Change I feel like Wi-Fi there was password. a reason they couldn't do that. Like it was under someone else's name. There was some reason, but if there wasn't a reason, then yeah, change the Wi-Fi password. But also- Here's what you do. You kick her door down and you're like, yo, Linda, why do you make me do this? Like, why do you make me feel like a jerk off for asking you? Like you make me feel so bad. Is there a reason you can't just give me the $20? Like, why is this so difficult? And she'll be like, this is my fun little game. And then you can be like, cool, I'm going to block you in. <laughs> so then It's so fucking weird. Okay, the fine. second part of the question is, this, she likes her apartment, even though it has mold. They're asking her to re-sign a lease, but she's also trying to figure out if she can move in with her boyfriend, but she's waiting to move in with her boyfriend only if he gets a job and he doesn't have one yet. So she's like trying to decide, do I sign another year with this apartment? I don't no. really live with this girl. I can't afford None of it on these. my own. What are the, okay. What are these like limits that women put on themselves? There are billions of people in this world you can go find another roommate in another apartment. You don't want the mold. I don't know what kind of mold it is. So it's either they need to fix that mold immediately, but you definitely don't want to live with this girl who's giving you a fucking headache. So don't live with the mold or make sure that they clean it out, which they probably won't because they don't care if you die. So move out, find another roommate, start working on that and also break up with this guy. I'm sorry. Like you're not even living together and you're already giving him this ultimatum. Like you need to get a job. Like, do you want to be his mother? Are you his fucking landlord? Does that make you want to fuck this person that you're like telling him to get a job so that you get to be the bitch nagging him? None of these options, okay? Find a friend, another roommate, get a smaller apartment, but you will be so thankful that you're not begging this girl for this money. You don't deserve this headache. And that guy sounds atrocious. That's it. Did you get a job yet? Like, is that, do you really want to feel that unhot? You haven't even gotten married yet. And he's like, oh, are you bugging me to get a job? Because what's going to happen is you're going to move in together. You're going to be paying the rent. And he'll be like, but I did the dishes. This is awful. And by the way, like they can't like legally make you live somewhere with mold. So talk to him, get out of that fucking lease, take that money, move. You are never as stuck as you think you are. Okay. Hi there, Eliza, Baby Arms, Snow Peach, Teeny, Pink Tree Frog, Emily's Cat Gang, and Hot Scotty, longtime listener. I have to say, I do love that they call Emily Teeny Pink Tree Frog, but now she is no, like that's your full baby. size. Yeah, my baby. You just She's said not a I pink love that frog. they call Emily Teeny Pink Tree Frog. Oh, sorry. You're also my baby. I'm sorry. Sorry. I think of you as the exact same. I breastfed both of you. Um, Sierra is now like an iridescent purple and like four feet tall. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> I, 28 female, need your help with how to handle childcare offers when I return to work in January next year. I had my first baby, a little girl, in January this year. She's the absolute light of my life, and I couldn't love her more. My trouble stems from dealing with my mother-in-law. I know, cliche, a woman with a mother-in-law issue. To give you some background, my mother-in-law is the polar opposite of me. She's showy, dramatic, no boundaries, and can be a little bit dense. I find it very hard to handle her, and this has gotten more difficult since my daughter came along. 
Mother-in-law is absolutely obsessed with the baby. She calls her my little girl, refuses to give her back when I've asked, and posts pictures of her on social media, despite me stating several times I do not want pictures of my daughter on social media unless they are put there by me or her father. Challenge I'm facing is that my mother-in-law has offered to have the baby one day a week when I return to work, and she will go to nursery the remaining days. Whilst this would massively help with childcare costs, I am absolutely petrified about leaving my daughter with her for the following reasons. She has absolutely no sense of danger when it comes to infants. For example, she told me to put my two-month-old baby in the sun to help her, quote, get a tan. I have a small terrier dog who does not like children, who they cannot control, and bites when they stop him doing things. She is either forgetful or ignores what you are saying. I will tell her something, and then an hour later, she'll ask me the same question. My husband and sister have told me all manner of stories about how scary their mom was as a kid, such as barricading the door against her when she was in a temper. I've tried talking to my husband about it, but he doesn't see the issue and thinks she will have mellowed with age. Having my parents help out is not an option as my mom lives over two hours away and my husband loathes my mom. Whole other story. What can I do to get my husband to understand my fears about his mother looking after our daughter? Help. Thanks. Beth, P.S., thank you for being such an inspiration. Since listening to your podcast specials and reading your book, my confidence in dealing with people in uncomfortable situations has massively improved. This helped me go I for and get a promotion late last year. Beth, you need to let your mother-in-law just be with the kid. No, I'm totally kidding. I just wanted people to get upset. Um, the cost of childcare is astronomical, but the cost of your peace of mind is priceless. And five days a week versus four days a week is a negligible difference. Um, so she can't watch her. And there were a couple things where I was like, well, you could talk about it. Your husband doesn't, isn't respecting what you have a problem with. Your husband doesn't have your back. Your husband needs to be the one speaking to her also, or just him. But you, if you get between them, like you will become the bad guy. This was a piece of advice my mother gave me when I got married. She was like, if it is an issue with your husband and his mother, or mother or his his stepmom or any women in his life, never be the wife that gets in between because it will become your battle, okay? You set these rules and that's it. That's it. There's no debate because you are so steadfast in exactly what you want for your daughter that it is inconceivable that anybody would question it. Oh, I want to do this. Nope, we don't do that. Those are our rules. And if she wants to get into it, you can be like, you haven't respected all of these other rules and so you don't need, need to get into it, but you can say like, we've asked you not to post pictures and you do. She hasn't earned your trust. And to be honest, she probably never will. There are a few things in there where it's like kind of forgivable and everybody parents different. And of course she's raised kids, but it's a different time. She is older now. You are not comfortable. End of story. And your husband needs to fucking ship in and shape up because this can't just be you. Like this is our daughter and list it out for him. And the fact that he doesn't like your mom, maybe your mom's a giant B, I don't know. But like, it's either he has a problem with moms or maybe he's like, see, I don't like your mom and now you don't like my mom and this is the whole thing. But what you have in common is that you both love your daughter. She's a little bitty baby. And this is the time in your life where you can control everything. Some parents are okay with little dogs around, some aren't. But you need to be 100% okay and your husband needs to Respect every boundary you set up. When I was seven years old, a dog bit me on the face. Did I deserve it? Maybe. But it taught me a healthy fear of dogs. Now, I have taught our daughter that she can always kiss Tianfu on the mouth, but I made a mistake because now when she sees another dog, she goes to kiss it. So I am trying, like, that's my major mistake as a parent. 
So when we went to a friend's house the other day, they had a big like nanny dog, like a big old pit bull who was very sweet. And the second we walked in, I said to Noah, don't, and I like motioned it. I go, don't let her kiss the dog. And the people there were like, I was like, I just want to keep my, my daughter away. And they were like, oh, our dog's an angel. Like they got it. If strangers can respect my rules, your mom can respect your fucking rules about your kid. But you, I like went shark blind saying this, you be steadfast. You be so concrete with those rules and your boundaries that she's uncomfortable questioning it. That's it. You got to get used to like, you're the mama bear. And you'd be like, no, Judy, we're not doing that. I asked you that before you left that there. Like you can, you can list off these things, but this is your daughter we're talking about. And tell your husband to fucking get in line. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Top of the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right. Every day. You just just take take a bite. Top of the cob. Notice how my voice has stayed young, even as I've aged. Do we want to take a live? Yeah. Top of the cob. Okay. You guys can read off your top of the cobs. Emily, do you want to read yours while they type and not listen? Yeah. Mine is, um, I heard, I think the squirrel that attacks my home outside today for the first time in months and months, I think we're getting to the season where all the animals are starting to come back. I don't know if anyone recalls last year, I had a spider that was my friend that then disappeared. And I think it was killed in some way, but I think all the critters are about to come back. It's that time of year. So I'm very excited. Spring has sprung. Doesn't Critterback sound like an IPA? Like brewed right here in Asheville. It's Critterback. You're referring to a season known as spring or Mm -hmm. as Emily says, the time all the critters come back. My top of the cob. Does anyone have one? Yeah. Okay. Electric Blarney says, I've landed a client. I've been trying to land for months and I'm so excited. Good luck with your hooking. Uh, someone just said they're from Oregon. So I guess that's a good top of the cob. My top of the cob. Oh, Nightmare says, Nightmare Ragdoll says, a day of clear sinuses during allergy season. Miss Rhea says, finally tested negative from COVID and can see my nine-month-old and husband finally. Oh, I know that feeling. Top of the cob. Jesus, he's surprised. Reaching middle age and getting into birding. Why though, 2020 says, <laughs> worked hard and got my pickleball rating up, Wendy Spark says. Jess Wood says, after a long day of working hard, just that first time you're able to be horizontal, just melting into the bed is my top of the cob. You sound like my dad. It's like, I got to get horizontal. Folks, these are too fast. Oh man, finished my first year of grad school because you're my fan, Jenna, with all A's, with all as. Yes, a doctorate of nursing. I love it. Cereal with coffee instead of milk. I have done it with iced coffee. (laughs) Okay, I could see that. I can see that. Steve says, cop of the cob, COVID emergency is officially over. Who says so? Yep. Dobby Shoes, putting a sweater on my small dog for the first time. Oh, nothing like that feeling of fur on fur. Um, Leaving the classroom after 15 years of teaching. It's Liz Blank. Well, thank you for being a teacher. Miss Stephanie 77, sleeping on a week, in on a weekend because my kid is finally old enough to feed himself. Hilarious. And the real KVH says online grocery shopping. I don't have to go in there. Yeah. <laughs> like that. My top of the cob. Uh, ooh, honey haze iced coffee from Phil's. Yo, Courtney, I bought one for someone recently and they said it was tasty. No, we're not doing bottom of the cob yet. My top of the cob is um, we, uh, it was Jody's birthday last night. So we all went for drinks after. And at this point, I'm kind of a lightweight. So I think I had like two vodka sodas and I came home. And I was kind of like peckish, but I didn't eat. 
And I normally am like, I'll just eat for the sport of it or I'm bored. And I just was like, I actually don't want, and I just didn't. Not eating before you go to bed, you wake up feeling like a supermodel. Like you feel like you've scaled a mountain. Every like time I, I eat right before bed, I do think of you. <laughs> uh, thank you. I'm a big before bed eater. I don't no, care. You By the way, Steve. Big, you always say you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to, but I do it, especially because I work late. Steve Manfred says, are we spelling cob wrong? We're not. It is not cob like corn cob. It is cob like short for cobbler. My bottom of the cob was that I've realized that I get car sick now if I'm not the one driving. Um, it's now that we're slowly ripped my leg oh, open. And I, that's so and annoying. I bled, and I bled all over my PJ pants on, from a big open gaping wound. She was like, and I was wearing my BJ pants going on a date. Put on my BJ pants. What was it again? What did you say your bottom was? That I'm bleeding profusely while we were while we record. Profusely, or is it a trickle? I was actually your face still looks show pink. you the bloody. I found an old piece of toilet paper in a drawer here, and I used that to wipe up some of the blood. And I was going to show it to you, but then I was like, no, then we'd need like a trigger warning. So I'll send you a text. Do we? I guarantee it's not that much blood. I don't know. Sorry, I was about to sneeze for those of you watching and it didn't happen and that is the worst feeling. My bottom of the cob is, also pertains to last night. It's when, I guess I have two, but it's when you go to a bar, which I don't do very often, but when you're in drunk mode and you're like, I just want to eat bar food, but like nothing really appeals to you. I had a couple of like buffalo tots and I was like, okay, but everything else they brought out, I was like, I just don't want it. Like, I just don't want to. And like, it's the same thing. Like when you're like, I want to spend money and like, there's just nothing at the store, like wanting to indulge. And you're just like, I just, I don't want to load up on this like Bavarian pretzel bite. I, like, it's just ugh. when they're like, oh, we have like a One pimento bite. cheese or like a weird hummus or like, and you're like, do you have like good fries? Do you have yeah. like, you know, like, I just want. And they had fries and it's like they had a burger, but I'm like, I don't want to stand and hold this burger. Like it just wasn't right. I didn't want to eat the wings. It was like too much. I had on lip liner. My other bottom of the cob, um, there are so many apps and websites. And like when it comes time to check out, it's almost like you're on like a beta testing site. There is a picture, like an app that you can upload your photos to to get them printed. I printed my app, my photos at CVS forever and they always look shitty and like weird. Pictures used to look great. Like when you would take them to like one hour photo and now they just don't. And so I was like, let's grab something better. So I found this app called MPix. I was like, cool, I can just upload them, pop them in there and we'll get them printed. But it was so unuser friendly and it goes from this like shiny app and like once you get into it, it's like uploading JPEG. Like it just, it looked like, like a first draft of like an app in like 2010. And it was so hard to use. I ended up ordering eight copies of the same like six pictures. And so now I just have like so many pictures of Sierra like under a blanket. And it's like, you can only give those to so many relatives before it's like, who fucking wants this? So, so forget that app. So that's just annoying. Like sites that are like, they put all their tech into their marketing and their, and the way they process it and then the actual app, like halfway through, you're just like, I, I, I can't create any more albums. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, MPix was shitty. That's it. Calling them out for your bottom of Here's the Here's the bottom of the cops. Yeah, Miss 7077. Bottom of the cop had a Miss Eliza show. Oh my God, so fast. In Calgary because I moved. That's sad. Uh, 
PJ Fallon says, what is a bottom of the cob? Oh, he's from Scotland. Well, it's not an American thing. It's a, a gibberish thing I made up. Bottom of the cob is just something that's not great. Something you don't like. Kimmy says, bottom of the cob, craving Chinese food for weeks, finally ordering the food tonight and it was shit. Now I feel sick. That's the worst when you're ready to like go off on food. Amanda says, bottom of the cob. I met my favorite comedian face-to-face and all I could say was I want to puke. That was in November and I'm still embarrassed. Love you, Eliza and Emily. Amanda, that's okay. I've heard worse and I've seen worse. CM Harris, bottom of the cob, 105% humidity after rain in Texas. Wonder if gun smoke adds to humidity. Oh, but he says it looks like you're in the attic. Emily's kind of in an attic. Anyways, do you have a, have a, you already did your bottom of the cup. Well, that's it. Did we have one that anybody wrote in? Yeah, we actually, we had a good bottom and top that someone wrote in, but the one, the bottom that someone wrote in, hi, Eliza and gang, my name is Bonnie and my bottom of the cup is that my apartment complex decided to cut down all the trees in our neighborhood without telling us. Apparently, healthy 50-year-old plus trees aren't Ooh. part of the new owner's aesthetic and it's the saddest <gasps> thing. That's sad. But they even have a picture that's of the awful. workers like next to the tree with one of those big tree cutters. Like, that's so crazy. That's... But so many of these new complexes do that. When I was looking for a house, I looked at so many just treeless new builds. And yeah, I it's, wasn't interested. Yeah. They're like, let's remove all the things that clean the air. Let's get rid of all the fruit. Let's just all move into a giant Amazon fulfillment center. Folks, this was a live. I hope this was a good experience for everyone uh, listening to the podcast later. I just thought it would be a fun thing to do it live. I really like doing this with you guys. I think we'll get better and better at these as we do them. Uh, More importantly, you're listening to this this week. The next dates I have are the Brea Improv coming up here in LA. It's outside of LA. And of course, I'll be in Hawaii kicking off the Hard Feelings Tour. And we are adding shows left, right, and center. We added DC and Seattle. Um to the Hard Feelings Tour coming up for this fall. And of course, Europe, I'm coming to you so you can get your tickets at eliza.com slash tour. And of course, if you enjoy the podcast, always give it five stars. And if you don't, you could still say something nice because that helps. But you can just go to Apple Podcasts, just give it five stars. You don't have to write anything, but it'd be great if you did. And never forget, it's always darkest before the... Biscuit. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already 
stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza.